0: Welcome back to the conservative team. I'm your host, Chase Levitt. And today I'm joined by two fighters here in, uh, from Utah. Um, two former congressional candidates here in Utah and they're, um, I'll give them a second to introduce themselves, but today I'm joined by Andrew Badger and Jason Preston. So this will be fun guys. It's
1: good to be on. Thanks, Chase. Thanks for putting this together.
0: Yeah. Um, do you guys just want to take thanks Chase Chase to, uh, Tell everyone who you are for those who don't know.
1: Well, Andrew, why don't you go first since you're the boss? Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, thanks, Chase, for helping us put put this together. And I, I know Jason and I are both really excited about all the great work you're doing uh up in Cache County. You're, you know, you're really getting Gen Z involved and helping them understand, you know, all these important issues that are happening. Um, and I think, you know, there's that disconnect with this next generation. They're not aware of you know, all the corruption going on and not only our state, our country. So it's great that you're helping expose that. Uh, yeah, like Jason, I ran for, for Congress in the first district. Uh, so northern Utah, uh, we had a great, great experience, great run, um, you know, a couple of positives. You know, we weren't successful in the end, but we, uh, we you know, we did really well at the state convention. Uh, one just shy of 60%. Um, We also raised a lot of attention on issues that weren't being discussed around, you know, abolishing, (laughs) defunding the Department of Education, returning that power back to the States. Um, And we also built a a very strong grassroots network. Um, So we have a lot of great volunteers. Um, A lot of them were able to go on and and help with the flag, um, repealing SB 31, um we had that resolution passed the convention as well, which was great. Um, and that fight is certainly not over yet. <laughs> so yeah, no happy happy to join and look forward to to just to uh, chatting with you. Yeah, great, Jason.
1: Yeah, Jason Preston um, yeah, like uh, andy said, I ran for Congress in the uh, third district and uh, you know, it was an epic experience. It was phenomenal to get out and meet so many incredible people and. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I just really became absolutely impressed with Utah. I think this, we have more Patriots here than anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the other thing that was really surprising to me is, you know, coming from Florida, I mean, I grew up here, but then I was lived in Florida. And uh, when I came back here from Florida, I really expected Utah to be such like a powerhouse, you know, conservative mm-hmm. state, because, you know, this, we have such conservative roots here in Utah. Uh, You know, our heritage of believing in principles of liberty and fighting for freedom, and you know, being aware of secret combinations and problems and dangers of government. And uh, but I really was expecting this state, you know, this state just to be really just kind of like where Florida was. And when I came out here, and especially once I started running for office with uh, uh, Andrew Badger, it was just fascinating to see that uh, things were not that conservative in our legislators within our uh, you know state house and. uh, you know, the more we ran, the more we got involved, the more we just saw there's corruption, there's problems. And and we just realized we really need a clean house here. And mm-hmm. so it was a phenomenal experience running. Uh, we, I mean, met incredible people. Um, but uh, and, and had, you know, we saw that the grassroots people want uh, that red wave. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've got some problems here in Utah with the media. We've got some problems with our culture. And uh, after the campaign, I realized, you know, we've this fight's not over. We just got to dig in. We've got to get involved. Uh, with the grassroots more. We've got to get involved more with the youth, which, you know, I'm really impressed with, uh, what Chase, what you're doing with the Conservatine. And uh, and we've got to compete with the mainstream media here in Utah because the mainstream media is part of the problem. It's really pushing this narrative that uh, all is well in Zion and we can be checked out and don't need to worry about our politicians. They're just good guys that go to the same church as us and they're Republicans. So, you know, they got it covered. And meanwhile, we're, uh, turning into one of the most, uh, you know, woke reds. Well, not one of, we're probably the most woke red state in the country. So yeah, yeah, pr- proud of what you're doing. And, uh, somehow, you know, we're just like Andrew, we're just committed to doing everything we can to get this state back when our backyard.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you both. Um, We're going to be talking about all those issues that you guys brought up and how it relates to the youth and why the youth are going further left and becoming woke. Um, But first, I want to ask Jason about his interaction with Governor Cox on or governor pronouns that some of us like to call him because he needs to go around telling everyone or reminding everyone that his pronouns are he, him, his. Um, But Jason, if you if you want to talk about that a little bit and what what happened and for those who, who haven't seen it
1: yeah well you know we've um, like like i mentioned our biggest effort has been on informing people and and really trying to help people see what's happening in in utah and you know right here under our nose be, because we're such a trusting state uh we're an easy state t- to manipulate we're an easy state for corruption to grow in and one of the things they've been doing is they've been building these 15 minute cities and smart cities and and uh It's all documented. It's, you know, and Cox has been very heavily involved in this. And it's been one of my biggest concerns is, you know, you look at what happened with COVID. Um, You look Mm -hmm. what's going on with China with the social credit scores. You look what's happening with AI. Um, I'm not ready to move into into these smart cities and have this stuff happen without public conversation. Uh, to see this stuff yeah. popping up on the governor's website, to see them moving head, you know, you know, forward, installing surveillance cameras and installing smart cities without any public conversation about it, uh, I think is a problem. You know, you know, uh, the, we're moving into, you know, when you think about AI and what's happening with AI, we are on the verge of the whole world changing. And you know, when you look at what the World Economic Forum is talking about with smart cities and, and the way they're they're talking about using those to control people, when you look at ESG, and and uh, you're looking at you know how these corporations are working with government to cancel people. This is very dangerous territory we're stepping into. This is extremely dangerous territory, and the fact that we're moving into this, in, into this, not just moving into it, but that we're leading the nation and implementing these smart cities without any public conversation is absolutely concerning. So chase, you. you know, when I uh, when we were at state convention, I thought this is a good opportunity to at least approach the governor and ask him about it and uh you know i kind of expected because i've talked to a few state reps and basically asked them to come on the show and and explain their their uh if if we're missing something in the show if if we're maybe off base i'd like to have one of these politicians come and, and set us straight let's have a dialogue yeah so i approached him and obviously you can see in the video i mean he started off nice uh but then he just 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 lit into me uh which was pretty shocking. It was pretty shocking to see how he responded. It obviously didn't make him look good. I don't think. Right. Um, I think it made him look horrible. I mean, it, it, in fact, yeah, it 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 would definitely did not look good for him to see him get so aggressive, especially someone who talks about being kind and talks about you know, avoiding contention. And I mean, you know, it just then it to see him lie, uh, lie that uh, he's doesn't know what a smart city is. And then I asked him, well, what about a World Economic Forum? You've got a, you've got an image of uh, the World Economic Forum on your, on your website, which, you know, then he lied and said he's never heard of the World Economic Forum. Uh, you know, so, I mean, just a lie, lie, lie like that. And I'm like, why lie? Why get so contentious unless there's something you're – unless we hit a nerve? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was obviously a big deal. Uh, but then, you know, the thing that concerned me more is the next day or two days later, he comes out and, and hires – Get the Salt Lake Tribune to go and have a hit piece after me,
2: uh-huh. and,
1: it, and 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 here's what really shocked me is the Salt Lake Tribune actually was far more fair than the governor's office. Uh, the governor's office continued to lie. They said, uh, you know, Jason Preston attacked the governor, and and you, I mean you can watch the video, and there's, I mean, that's that's I love it because it's so blatant. They're lying. They're saying Jason yeah. Preston has a history of attacking uh, politicians. Oh. I'm like, what? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, is there, <laughs> who was it? <laughs> like, this is the first time it's ever happened. And so, yeah. and then they realize that Jason's big into these QAnon conspiracies. I'm like, actually, I've always been very much against that stuff. Cause I'm, I, I'm a big believer. You can't sit back and trust the plan. You need to step up and take personal accountability. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the governor's office continues to lie. And then they get the, the, you know, they go after me. They try to destroy my credibility. And, you know, Chase, what I just, what I have to ask myself is this, you know, as I sit back and reflect, is this the type of country that our founding fathers, you know, sacrifice their lives, their fortune, their sacred honor for a country where if a citizen questions the governor about something he's doing, where the governor attacks him, gets almost physical with him, and then six, and then, and then six, the watch, his watchdogs after him. This doesn't sound like, this is not America. I mean, what is, is that the type of country we want to live in where we've got a governor and where we've got, you know, where we're afraid to question our governor and afraid of being retaliated and having our reputations destroyed. So, yeah. so I've just got, you know, uh, concerns at many levels here. I mean, like I said, if we're, if we're off the, bu- if we're missing something here, although I think there's a lot of documentation that shows that they are definitely building smart cities and it's, and it is very concerning what they're doing. Let's have a conversation. But to attack me, to attack my character, to to, to try to destroy us, and, and it, that's dangerous. That's that's what our founding fathers tried to fight against, and that's what they fought against. And we're now – we're right back at it in Utah, the one state that should be the furthest from that.
2: Right. I agree. Here, just real quick on that point is that you have to understand is the media, especially in Utah, is basically a, a propaganda vehicle for the establishment. And I've I've seen this happen multiple times. It's like Tribune, they try to kind of portray themselves as these kind of left wing hippies, you know, radical freedom fighters. But really, I mean, they're just kind of the mouthpiece for, you know, not only Democrats, but really the establishment rhinos in Utah. Um, And so every time that these guys, well, there's Dan McKay, you know, Blake Moore, Todd Wheeler, you know, they'll go to the Tribune and they'll do these hit pieces. And, um, you know, they'll edit out the facts they don't like. They won't give a fair objective accounting. <laughs> you know, they're just basically trying to push a narrative. They're also not very bright. Uh, so they're basically just kind of trying to push this narrative Um at the behest of their, basically their handlers, which are, you know, state government officials, which then in turn kind of them give them access to interviews and it's kind of this horse trading going on. Um, so it's really unfortunate. And I think, you know, the, and what they'll say is, oh, this is just, with the 15 minute city, it's just this left wing, you know, it's this right wing conspiracy theory, right? The government would never abuse its powers. Like what planet do they live on? You know, we've seen what the NSA, <laughs> the abuse of mass surveillance tools, Uh, We've seen what happened under COVID when the government, uh, you know, there was reports about the CDC buying, you know, tracking information. And there was all sorts of different abuses going on in terms of the government restricting you from going to church, going, you know, opening your business. And look, I mean, with the 15-Minute City in particular, do I think some mayor of Riverton has, you know, evil plans to create a surveillance state? Probably not, but... know the fact that they're they can be kind of these useful idiots is that when you build up this infrastructure even if you have good intentions when you're doing it it can be abused down the line uh, especially when there's an emergency or a crisis so that's really what the issue is i mean i don't really think that these maybe some of these state officials are you know communist party sympathizers but the point is when they build this infrastructure that can be abused uh, even if they have good intentions even if that's not on their radar it it will be abused, you know. The next emergency, the next COVID, uh yeah. you know, pandemic or whatever. That's when they'll, you know, well, oh, we have these, um you know, uh, license plate readers, right? Well, that can be help in understanding traffic flows, and then we can, you know, kind of build roads to reduce traffic. Yeah, I mean, might have good intentions, but what happens when there's an emergency? What happens when there's another nine eleven? What happens when right. there's another financial crisis or COVID? The government will abuse that power, so that's why we're so conservative. We're taking a conservative passing. We shouldn't build up this infrastructure, which then can be later abused uh, by a government official, and that's the problem. And I think the way Governor Cox handled this has really exposed his true character. I think Jason and I have seen this across the board, where we have these kind of self-righteous, you know, LDS politicians who go out there and they try to preach, you know, we need to civility, we need to get along, but then the moment they're ever criticized in any way, even what's reasonable criticism uh they they lash out they get really insecure you'll go on social media and facebook and call people names and they again inevitably go to the solid tribune which is basically this mouthpiece for the establishment and they'll do these type of hit pieces um and yeah i mean it's it's unfortunate it's just the way it is and that's why folks like you know jason and i and others were kind of having to fight an uphill battle and uh really the test i apply in all this is is the establishment attacking you? That means you're a threat to them. That means you're trying to give power back to the people. And if they're not attacking you, there's a reason, right? There's a reason why they're going after Jason because Jason's a threat to their power, to their interests. There's a reason why they're not attacking uh, Blake Moore, John Curtis, uh, Mitt Romney because they view view them as basically compliant. They're you know kind of controlled opposition where they gives kind of this front of oh well there is an opposition see but they're not actually fighting back. But then you have people like Tucker Carlson or, you know, the House Freedom Caucus who actually push back, actually threaten their interests. And that's when they attack them. So my test who I apply for, you know, are they fighting for the people? Are they fighting for true liberty and values? Is are they being attacked by the establishment? And that's what we're seeing going on right now with Jason. And that's how we know that, like Jason said, uh their reaction to this is, is telling us. is it concrete proof? No. But it is, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And it's showing that there's something else going on. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Chase.
0: Sorry. No, I was just going to say, all those are great points. And the fact, I just find it really funny that Governor Cox goes with the word attack, that he was attacked. He is the governor of our state. He, the people are his employers. He should be able to be asked any question in the world and not lash out like that. It was funny. He came to my school on Tuesday to give his round Utah tour whatever. And we were talking about disagreement and how we need to disagree better. And he had mentioned Saturday, he said, I messed up on Saturday. I was attacked and I attacked back. And I, I was like, that seriously. So I just think it's, we have a lot of those politicians in Utah where they're so complacent. They're like, I do no wrong. I'm just this good little, you know, LDS guy here in Utah. That's, nice and likes to play to get along but in reality that's just not true
1: yeah i think what i've really been disappointed with is um is the lies yeah yeah you know it is the, the lies from the governor uh the deceit because you know the foundation for for liberty is truth uh, you know one man who tells the truth can bring down a tyranny has uh, something Alex it's one of my favorite quotes it's it's it speaks to the power of when we speak truth uh, that is power. That is light. That is, you know, that is, that is, there's is power. in when we speak truth, that is how the worlds were created is by, by the logos, by this, by speaking. Uh, but, but we can also, but tyranny is also brought in by speaking lies. And when we've got a governor that speaks in lies, uh, then all of a sudden, what else is, you know, you, you, how can you trust someone who who has clearly been exposed and, and being someone who is willing to lie and have his office lie and attack people and, and again, is this the type of power? You know, when we live in a state, in a country, in a time where you have a, a president who stands up and says that anyone who voted for my, for the, you know, the, my opposition is a domestic terrorist threat. Anybody yeah. who flies certain flags, is a domestic terror threat. When you've got the FBI, you know, calling yeah. mothers that go to school board meetings, domestic terrorists. Is, the, are we, is, are we in a place where, where we feel comfortable with our government, having mass surveillance when we've got a governor that says we want to have digital IDs where we can have, where that can be a digital vaccine passport. Again, are we, is this what we as Utah want? Do we feel comfortable with this government giving them access to, to, uh, to live, to move us into more of a surveillance state? Look where China is, you know, China, I mean, with, um, you know, their social credit score, Uh, If you speak out against the government, if you litter, guess what? All of a sudden, they turn off your money. We are heading that way in this country. Europe is heading that way, ESG. And this is what we need to think about in Utah. ESG is moving forward. It's moving forward through corporations, moving forward through government. When you attach that to a surveillance state, when you attach that to smart homes, to smart vehicles, and you have digital money, which we're moving towards, this is very dangerous grounds. And I think as Utahns, we need to say, well, you know what? let's slow down. Let's have a conversation about where this is going and are we comfortable with that? because these politicians do work for us and you know what's what I find frustrating is when we bring up a rational conversation like this uh, we'll get politicians, those who feel guilty, those like Cox and there's several others who will say, oh you know Jason's dangerous or Jason's contentious or Jason's you know, the same stuff they use during my campaign to, to try to discredit me. And, you know, one of the things they would say during my campaign is, oh, he's dangerous. And I, and I said, well, what did I ever do that was dangerous? Who did I ever attack? You know, all I did is call out that there's problems with our elections and call out, you know, because I'm not willing to go along with this machine and because I don't want to be a part of the machine, but more concerned about taking the machine down and giving the power back to the people, these people in power, uh, they 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 seek to destroy your reputation and and so mm-hmm. that's what's hard, uh chase is we we have corruption, and there's clearly corruption in this state.
2: and, and they when we argue
1: for conversation when we ask for a conversation, they attack us, that's to me even a bigger that'd be even a bigger problem than the corruption itself, and they couldn't attack your argument, right? They couldn't debate the actual facts.
2: they have to do ad hominem attacks, right? And they have yeah. to try to associate you well you talked with this person and this person has these, these links. And I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, and also look at, think about pre COVID, right. It was unthinkable that the government would shut down the economy. Even Anthony Fauci went on TV and said, you know, we, we never thought we could get away with it. You know, we never thought we could shut down the economy. Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, they all said we can never force private companies to give, you know, vaccine mandates or you get fired. You know, all these things that we, before 9 I mean, you never thought that the government would be able to have mass, you know, phone surveillance and that, you know, that would be abused one day. These things were all unthinkable. And if you were to raise them before what happened in the emergency, you'd be thought of as insane. And that's the same thing that we're doing right here. We're saying, look, if we give this capability, this power to the government, which right now, maybe you have Governor Cox, who personally I don't fear is. Some little tyrant uh, when he's 130 pounds. But when we build that infrastructure and there is another emergency crisis, the government is going to abuse that. And while it's unthinkable now, you know, it, it could happen down the road. And that's why we, as conservatives, we learn we have to draw that hard line and not give an inch uh, because the moment we give an inch, the left will take a mile. And we want to talk about dangerous. You know, let's talk about these kind of squishy conservatives they hate the word rhino they, they freak out if you use that but I'll use squishy conservatives uh they're the ones who enable all of this you know Mitt Romney will get up there and he'll complain about Joe Biden and all these things he's doing open border Romney enabled that Romney yeah. votes for these huge spending bills Blake Moore Mitt, uh John Curtis they vote for these uh omnibus bills which are these huge government spending bills And then they try to go and, you know, complain. They're the ones enabling this. They're the ones that are dangerous through their lack of, uh, you know, spine. And, you know, the enemy you know is far less dangerous than the enemy you don't see or you you think you can trust. And what these, you know, squishy conservatives do is they take our seat at the table to fight back. And they basically are an empty suit. And they allow the left and the government to abuse and get away with all these things. So I I think what this incident with Jason shows it exposes the character of these establishment republicans it exposes that they they don't have any criticism there's no media in utah real media who will question these guys that's why governor cox reacted in what he's never been questioned before you know i mean imagine trump trump was berated by the press every day of his yeah. presidency he handled it quite well especially when he was giving those news conferences during the covid crisis i mean he obviously made some mistakes he you know that type of thing but he was used to it. I mean, they Cox has never been criticized. And that's part of the well, reaction that he had towards you is that he was so shocked, you know, because he's been so protected by the media, by, you know, these journalists running cover for him, you know, that all these other Republicans just kind of uh, lavishing praise on him. That I think that part of his reaction was, wow, like, how dare you challenge me? You know, I, I'm your ruler. And we saw that right, Jason, as well with the flag bill with Dan McKay, the, you know, these state senators Wheeler You know these guys. They they feel like if you if you're if they're criticized in any way, it's an attack. That's why they say attack, right? Because they they know it's a loaded term. Uh, They can't handle the idea that uh, you know they work for us, right? Their egos are so big that the the, to say to them that they're actually our servants, that they're representatives of us, is just so shocking to them. I I think it it feels a genuine. It's a genuine anger from them, and that's why they're so. Oh, they're so hateful in the inside, but they project this niceness. I'll give them that. They're very duplicitous. They're very good at that. They're very good at saying, let's work along. Let's our, our state policies, you know, unified. Governor Cox will go to these high school stores. But Jason and I have seen behind the curtains. And that's what we're trying to wake up people to, is that these guys aren't what they're projecting in public.
1: And I think you, you bring up very good points, because I think that's another thing that shocked me is. You know when you have Dan McKay go after you, or Mike McKell attack people, um, we, the the or or the governor go after me. The role of the media is supposed to be they're supposed to hold the government in check. You know, instead, what I thought it, found it fascinating is after you know the gov the gov- after asking a simple question, to the governor he you know getting it he basically goes off on me. The media should have been calling you know challenging him. The media should have saying, "Well, what is going on here? Like, let's dig in here." The media should have been really going after him, but the, but the like you said, uh, the media is bought and paid for by these people, and that is why we have to get more citizens to stand up, especially when and, and then think about the timing here. The timing when when you've got the media, you know, going after us for for questioning the governor. What's happened to Tucker Carlson? You know, again, we are in dangerous times in this country and if, and we know we're so t- plugged into our phones. We're so plugged into like uh, our bread and circus that we need to pull out of the bread and circus and look what's happening in our country. Look what happened to Tucker. Look what's happening to people who stand up to the machine. Uh, they're getting canceled. They're getting shut down. It, it is time for people who, who care about this country to, to take a step back and say, wait a minute is this the direction i want this country to go for my children are, are are we creating a better country for our children or are they going or is or is this kind of scary ground we're walking into and should we slow down and think about it they will
2: they are attacking anyone who threatens their power i mean let's go back earlier this year i mean with the house freedom caucus they were basically ready to have a coronation for mike mccarthy you know he was the leader which in effect, is the second most powerful position in our entire country. You know, it's it's more powerful than the vice president. Our second most powerful person, we weren't supposed to have any election, any debate. I don't know about you, but I don't actually know anything about McCarthy. He's a Republican, he's a congressman from California. I don't know anything about him. And we were just expected to coordinate him. And when the yeah. House Freedom Caucus dared challenge that, they were, you know, they were <laughs> those established Republicans were like fighting in the House. He had You know, Dan Crenshaw calling them terrorists. You had even a Fox News host say like they're insurrectionists. And and they all freaked out. And then they got, you know, these concessions for the Freedom Caucus, which were like what any conservative should have wanted at the bare minimum of, you know, let's secure our border. Let's make sure that we can actually read the bills before we vote on them. And I think, you know, I think a lot of these establishment Republicans were embarrassed by how they acted by that. But look, yeah, again, Tucker Carlson, anyone who speaks out of line. They go out and they attack. Um, I think in our state, you know, you had Olivia, Olivia Dawn, who was the GOP secretary. And She's she wasn't great. I think she wasn't, you know, bought and paid for, or at least, oh. you know, in terms of, you know, they they felt like they couldn't control her. And so what did they do? They did the exact same thing they did to Jason and others, is where they do these hit pieces. And who do they turn to? Salt Lake Tribune. And they'll go to the Song Tribune and say, hey, we want you guys to go after them. You have these kind of not very edu- well-educated, not very bright journalists who then will do these kind of hit pieces of trying to tie, you know, oh, well, you're associated to this, you're associated to that. Um, therefore, you're bad, which I mean, if anyone's ever taken a logic class, you know, it's, it's a very poor way of uh, debating. So. Again, I mean any that's and that's my test, you know. I look at any politician, I look at any representative, I'm saying, is the establishment trying to attack them? You know, that's why I, I love Tucker. I know I watch him, I trust him because They're going after him so hard. They're going after him so hard for a reason. You know, that's why I know I trust Jason. That's why, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit concerned about who our party elected. I don't know Rob Axon. I think he seems like a nice guy, but why were they so eager to have him run? I know for a fact that they pushed him to run. I know for a fact that they pushed out Mike Bird. Um, And why aren't they freaking out if 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 Rob Axon? Uh, and sorry, Rob, if you're watching this, nothing personal against you. But if he is such a grassroots disruptor, why aren't they freaking out? You know, why aren't they attacking him? Where are the hit pieces in Salt Lake Tribune? Why aren't they, you know, they seem pretty happy and content with him being in that position. And so for me, and again, uh, this isn't necessarily anything I know personally about Rob, but that raises – questions for me right (laughs) because i know for a fact that if he was a threat to their power they would go after him like they go after jason like they go after me like they go after the freedom caucus like they go after or anyone they feel like they can't control and so i think i think what we're talking about in this discussion chase is that you have an establishment and what i mean by establishment is those who control the levers of power and who are Benefit have interest in continuing that controlled power, and you have the people. You have the you know the people, and this the battle of our time is how do we get that power back to the people because it's right. it's consolidated into a few hands. And I think what we we're talking about, Jason, earlier is you know to say that we're a republic. If you are Aristotle and trying to c- kind of categorize what type of government we have, I, I think would be a stretch. I think we're much closer to an oligarchy, where you have a few people who are basically. In office controlled by very small few number of donors who pay for their campaigns because of our campaign finance rules, you can spend unlimited amount of money through kind of these secretive packs. And then because of our election system, it basically comes down to mass advertising uh, on TV ads. So, you know, there's no real accountability to the people. Uh, you know, because because of SB 54, um, these type of things. And the election thing is a real point is, is a great example of what we were talking about earlier as well is when you enable this infrastructure, look, I don't necessarily think DJ Henderson is back there behind closed doors, changing ballots, that type of thing. But when you create this infrastructure where every single person is getting a ballot in the mail, what do you think is going to happen when our state goes the way of Colorado, which demographics are already, you know, showing? We're going to become a purple state I think Utah has about ten years before we're a true battleground state, um, which actually will probably be a good thing for the conservative cause. But do you really trust some, you know, far left winger to control our election system as it is right now, with all these ballots going out? And so again, the left, these like these rhinos, like Wheeler, like McKell, McKay, they'll all say, oh, these conspiracy theories around mail-in voting. It's absolutely insane. I mean, because you're going to be fut- in the future, you're going to be enabling these, you know, representatives who are going to have that power, have that control. Um, and that, you know, that's something that <laughs> should raise questions. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very dangerous time right now. I think that, and this really goes back to this sense of complacency, um, especially among the youth, which we we're, you know, kind of talking about earlier.
0: Right. And this is all this that you two have been talking about is happening on the federal state and even the local levels. I mean, we look at here in Cache County, we just had um, the convention, a new GOP chair. We had Kim Hamblin running and everyone attacked her full. Like she was attacked from everybody, including the current or former chair. And all this because she was a threat to their power. She was an outsider and that's what they're scared of. Um, me and Andrew were talking about this mm-hmm. before, but you know, I'm working to get a, a young Republicans group started here in the County. Um, Cause we haven't had one for the longest time. And when people found out that Kim was going to be the advisor for that, they freaked out. They, and they all of a sudden had all these people, they wanted to have come in and help and be advisors when Before, when six months ago, I went to Shelly Gidding, now former chair, to say, let's get this started. She couldn't find an advisor. She said, "We'll look for an advisor. She never found one. But all of a sudden, they have four or five people that they can push into there to try to help. And it just shows how they will do anything to stay in power. They really don't care about the youth. They don't care about whatever. They're just the establishment. And they'll do whatever they can to stay in power. And that is a prime example of that.
1: Well, Chase, I I think one of the keys to getting the state back is doing exactly what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. there's and I will tell you this. There's a lot of young men out there and young women who uh, who are fed up and frustrated. Right. Um, I think one of the things that uh, you can pull your demographics off your social media and on our uh, Instagram uh, channel, where I think we're 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 starting to creep up on 13,000. Yeah. And when you pull our demographics, do you know the number one demographic on our Instagram channel is as uh, men 18 to 24? Really? Yeah. So it, now, again, I don't get into the p- political things there. I, I, I deal with more cultural because, again, the youth, the youth relate to culture. They don't get into politics, which which, you know, you got to walk them into that. Uh, but we can win this fight. Uh, but because, again, the, there's a lot of good youth that that are fed up. They're frustrated. They don't buy into the woke culture, but they don't but they don't have a voice. And uh, that's the one thing Cox can't, you know, these and, and Curtis and Moore and all these rhinos that are just in for the power. Uh, they're you know basically sellouts. Uh, they, you know, these these kids don't look up to them. And uh, what we need is we need Chase. We need more kids like you, more of these young kids having the courage to stand up. And not just getting the political stuff, but Chase, the, 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 the cultural stuff to stand up against the woke, uh, you know, LGBTQ, the trans movement, the, the, the stuff that, uh, that that culture will that because there's two there's two parts of the culture. Right. There's the woke culture that will crush you. And then there's the countercultural movement of people that are like, I'm done with this. Like, the, I've, I've, you've pushed me too far. And what we need is for people on the counterculture movement where you are and somewhere some, where a lot of these kids that are following our channel. We've got to give, we need them to have the power and the strength, not just to follow and like, but to lead and and to share their voice, to call out Cox, to call out this garbage, to call out the trans stuff. So, you know, you're, you're, you're being, you you are doing what we need more of these young kids to do. And, uh, you know, God bless you. You know, we, we need, we need a lot more chases. And I'll, t- I'll tell you the tide's going to turn because you know, these young, these young people, um, they're powerful. That they're powerful, and you know they have powerful spirits who understand what's at stake. They understand that that their chances of getting married is, is dwindling. With when they're, when people of their dating pool don't even know that they're their own gender, uh, yeah. they 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 know that the, the the world is crumbling around them, and and they can't find leadership to stand up for what's right. Uh, when again, when your governor, when your politicians all go along with this, when your governor and your politicians push the mask, when they push all the woke stuff, they need leadership. But they they they're not. They, we've got young people that are strong, Chase, and so I just want to thank you for doing what you're doing, and, and uh, that's that's that is the key. We've got to get these young kids and give them give them uh, the uh, courage to stand up.
0: Right. Thank you. And I I think that along with giving the youth courage, we need to focus on education, educating the youth because a lot of the youth right now are so lost. They don't know what to know because they're being indoctrinated in the school system because the school system is absolutely just mm-hmm. destroyed right now. They're being, you know, the LGBTQ stuff, the trans movement, all this stuff, and everything that the Democrats are trying to push on the youth, many are starting to believe because they don't see an alternative. And that's something that our movement needs to really focus on is educating the youth, getting showing the youth that their freedoms are being taken away and we have to step up to do something about it i always talk about the democrats to the naked eye to any young person their agenda looks good to a lot of people without having any knowledge of what it actually means you know they say we're the party of love we're the party of acceptance whatever but in reality when you really educate yourself and look into that it couldn't be further from the truth and so you know we're truly in a battle of good versus evil and we need to work on educating the youth. And that's what I'm trying to do, educate my peers and educate myself even more so that we're on the right side of that, of that battle. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. And Andrew, do you have anything to add on to that?
2: No, I think that's a great point. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe next time we'll, we can dig in more about kind of the, the cultural shifts going on in the youth. But um yeah, look, I mean, I think like Jason said, uh, you know, I the millennials have, have kind of really bought into, you know, the woke agenda. <laughs> but the Gen Z, there's a lot of real strong young conservatives, especially men who've kind of woken up to what's going on. And I think, you know, as I've gotten older, one of the lessons I've learned of a universal law is that every action produces an equal and opposite reaction. And that's not just in, you know, science or physics, that's culturally, it's socially, it's historically. And when you have one side, for example, pull so hard, you know, it's inevitably going to produce that backlash. And I think, you know, we're starting to see the the tip of that backlash wave, yeah. you know, starting to emerge. I, look, I will be honest. I mean, Jason, I, I think we were expecting more of a red wave, you know, in 2022, um, And that didn't quite materialize. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Probably the most notable one, and this goes back to Republicans caving, is the change in our election system. And I think you really can't downplay how revolutionary mail-in voting is. I mean, it's completely changed the dynamic of our elections. And, you know, the only reason why it was allowed to happen was, one, this kind of mass hysteria they built up about covid right uh which was funny because also wisconsin voted in person around like whole covid hysteria time before the presidential election they didn't have any you know spike in cases that type of thing and we also overlooked the fact that everyone was going to costco and piling in and so this whole idea that we had to fundamentally re-engineer our elections because of covid You know enabled this mail-in voting and then the mail-in voting has completely changed uh you know dynamics of our electric electoral system i think we're only really starting to wake up to the significance of that you know there's multiple factors one uh you know but obviously enables fraud where you do have i don't know we kind of don't talk about it more but these you know ballot mules um i mean they can say whatever they want about dinesh d'souza but when you have a, a video camera of a guy in gloves you know stuffing ballots down a a, 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 you know, mailbox. I mean, it's pretty irrefutable that it happened at least on some scale. Uh, and also imagine if Trump would have won <laughs> and you had, you know, a video of Trump supporters and their little MAGA, you know, in a MAGA hat oh. you know, stuffing ballots oh. in a mailbox, you know, they would have completely freaked out, um, you know, two, it then changes, you know, there's more chances for errors, that type of thing. I mean, look, there was a great New York times article uh 2018 where basically they're saying, oh, you know, mail-in voting is a two-for-one corruption risk. Um, And this is the left, right? The left was against mail-in voting because why? What was the advantage for the right? The people who were using mail-in voting were um, either really elderly people or military. The military (laughs) typically voted conservative. So it's like this 1984 thing where they used to actually attack mail-in voting as being more, and they had, you know, these Jimmy Carter Center did this investigation. They showed examples. uh, And now they've done this 180 where they say, oh, if you even question mail-in voting, you're a, you know, election denier, conspiracy theorist. Um, You know, another thing was 2016, right? Where they said 2016 was rigged. You know, the elections, they're even, you know, Brookings Institute, et cetera, were saying, you know, these machines can be hacked into. You had Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, write a letter saying we have these companies, who are unregulated, privately owned, who can control our election infrastructure, Dominion, she, who she cited. And now if you even question, you know, the fact that we have these, again, unregulated, you know, untransparent, privately held companies controlling these vote tabulators, you're this conspiracy theorist. Um, so anyways, I mean, the Republicans caved, they allowed mail-in voting to happen, and that has completely changed the dynamics. Because in a mid-year cycle, what you would usually have is very well-informed and motivated people showing up at the polls to vote that day. And more we've change, that whole dynamic is now every person is getting a ballot. And let's be honest, most people aren't paying attention or aren't really well-informed. And that was a view and concern held by our founders. And that's why we created this kind of filtering mechanism through Republic. Um, and in their time, you know, you know, kind of landowning, people would only vote. But, um, you know, so everyone's voting. And so you're having... Really uninformed voters, um, you know, who are oftentimes checking a box. I mean, I think I saw a study where there's a 5% bump if your name was first on a ballot, because a lot of people would just kind of go down the ballot and just put the first name. Yeah,
1: they go with the name that this house. The radio,
2: here. the TV. Yeah.
1: And so that, yeah, that's completely changed
2: the election. So we haven't seen that red wave. Um, but like, like Jason mentioned, that cultural red wave is hitting, you know, and they can't deny that. They can't deny when Tucker Carlson is the number one show on, you know, in the world. Um, they can't deny those things. So I think, I think, you know, the cultural wave is happening. And I think, I think that political wave is going to catch up eventually. Um, you know, we, again, we didn't see it like we did, we thought we would in 2022, but it is going to happen, especially as this younger generation, um, emerges. I think there is going to be a little bit of an issue, you know, I think well, maybe again, we'll, we'll talk about the youth topic next time, but where the, there's a discord between men and women. Um, and I've kind of personally seen my conservative friends growing up, you know, who were, you know, college Republican president or that type of thing. And they, they marry a left-wing woman and they naturally kind of gravitate towards that. I think that's, that's troublesome because, you know, yeah, the I universities- mean, that's, also,
1: that's also part of the beta male problem we have, you know, in this country, yeah. we have a problem with, with men not being able to be strong men anymore. And so it's, it's the women that are there that are stepping, picking up and leading because the men aren't leaders. So, you know, if you have a strong woman yeah. and a weak man, uh, I mean, strong women are great, but, you need strong, you need strong leaders to be men. You, we need, we've got to get men to stand mm-hmm. up and lead again. And, uh, and that's part of that problem. For sure. Yeah. There's, there's probably a lot of,
2: I mean, we could probably spend a lot of time. I'd love to get like <laughs> J- Jordan Peterson, a bunch of people talking about kind of different political traits among men and women, because there's a lot going on there in terms of how we, we view the world and nurture it, you know, you know your kind of five personality, big personality traits, all these types of things.
1: But the reality is, yeah, it is this look, kind of look. divide Between women men and, and men are separate, different, and they and they're, yeah. and they are meant to be different. I mean, they they're genetically meant to come together to complete a whole. You know, they're, they're, they 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 you bring them together as completion, but they have different 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 strengths. And yeah. when men are not strong in the strengths they're supposed to be strong in. It creates problems in the country. Countries, you know, rise and fall on the strength of men, and that is a wow. massive problem for another conversation. But it's but uh, we have a massive problem with uh, the failure and, of men. And, and,
2: right, and they rise and fall though with motherhood too. And so, actually, yeah. um, I love this quote from de Tocqueville, who was you know a French political philosopher in the nineteenth century. He came to America, and he his basically his you know thesis was well, what How does this American democracy work? Yeah, democracy, and actually, by the yeah. end democracy in America and by the end he said actually the number one most important reason is mothers because mothers are the ones who have that value transfer, right they they instill those values in the next generation of you know valuing individual liberty valuing uh you know integrity, valuing hard work, that kind of Protestant work ethic and that's kind of how you pass it on from one generation to the next. and I mean yeah, for a number of reasons government schools, you Know all sorts of things, um, you know, that that's that's dissipated. I mean, there's this, there was a great, there's a pretty good series on HBO called John Adams,
1: which yeah, that was, was great based on
2: that biography. And there's this clip where the little kid is playing with these, um, kind of tin, you know, toy soldiers, and mm-hmm. Abigail Adams comes over, and you think she's going to kind of rebuke him or whatever, and then she kind of sets them back up and she like helps them fire the cannon. Yeah. And it's you know, it's, it's a small thing, but it, it's kind of showing that it's feeling like patriots, you know, have to stand up and they have to fight and they have to, and that's how you kind of have that value transfer and that it's kind of been broken in our country. And, and also you have the other factor of not just values, but you have simple demographics. I mean, demographics are destiny and nations rise and fall based upon, you know, oftentimes just raw manpower. Um, and, you know, there's military applications for that. There's economic, you know, you're going to get an inverse triangle of economics where you're going to have all, a small worker pool trying to feed into is, huge you know um pension you know the pension schemes not going to be there the social security is going to be all messed up you know we've never seen this before we've never seen this kind of inverse population so it's going to be actually quite interesting experiment to see how that works out but um yeah so the, you know i think what we're, we're talking about here is you know there is there's these gender differences i think if we were to kind of look at the facts the younger men are going more conservative younger women probably aren't and you know how do we kind of bridge that gap um, because we need we need both of them to go to go more conservative. Uh, well, we need you know, another and, we,
1: we need a con- another conversation. We could definitely go on. Yeah, a lot no, I think we should probably save that on. for later.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's a complex issue. And no, and again, yeah. um, you know, Chase, we're, I think J- Jordan, Jason, and I are, are just really proud of you know what you're doing up there. We know it's not easy to get in the fight, and you know you're you've already taken on the establishment. You already helped get rid of a you know a GOP chair who wasn't serving the people. You've already um, you know, helping set up this Republican group, so we're really, really excited what you're doing. And again, I mean, I think what we're saying is, you know, it's going to come down to more people like you stepping up, getting involved, getting active. Um, and the first step to all of that is awareness. So, the more that you can do that, the more, the more active we can get.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I honestly just think it all will come down to instilling traditional values back in our society. And that's what will do it for us. I mean, it's easier said than done. The more that we fight the more that we, you know, educate stuff like that. And we bring back the values of God, family, country, and freedom. That's where we can really see that shift and we can get more people involved and we can ultimately save our state, save our country and and so forth. So um, do, either, awesome. do you have any last thoughts uh, to wrap up, wrap up or? are you guys good?
1: No, you are doing you're doing an amazing job. And uh we like, keep going man. Just uh keep fighting and uh getting get into the cultural stuff. Get out and do street interviews. Yeah. You know, that's kids kids are looking for kids to follow. And uh, get out and 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 uh, honestly I think you'll do very well with that. And I think you'll, you'll it'll help grow your platform very quickly.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. That's that's a good idea and uh cuz like we said, we need more of that. We need more um, like you just said people want someone to follow people want someone to, you know um, what's uh, the word I'm looking for someone to inspire with. with. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Inspire to unite with and, and really um, come together. And so we can grow this movement. So thank you both so much for having this conversation. I've loved having you both and we're definitely going to need to do it again. Some other time.
1: All right. Thanks, Chase. Awesome. Yep. Thanks,
2: Jason. Thanks, Chase. Appreciate Thanks, it. Andy. Yep. Take care, guys. See, See you guys. Bye.